Yes. Nice. <laughs> oh, you look, Christina's giving me the stink eye as if you guys didn't drool over every vampire <laughs> in that fucking Come show, on, including speculations about the size of their package. What? I never. Oh, please. When he was like in the bed with what's your name? I just said that. Oh, yeah. With the, with the yeah, blanket. You just I just said that the sheet was lucky. Okay, that's all that's I said. Yeah, we'll be, that's all I we'll said. Get, We'll get no stink eye from I mean, you for that. All right. Yes. Now enough. the tables have turned. Interesting. Greetings, savory inferiors, and welcome to Vampire Insider, the unofficial podcast dedicated to recapping reacting to AMC's Immortal Universe. In each episode, hosts Joanne Palumbo, Christina LaRusso, and myself, Mark Snedeker, summarize the episode, talk about Easter eggs, discuss standout characters, dissect our favorite characters and their arcs, and this week, things are taking a turn for the occult with the debut episode of the Mayfair Witches. Join us as we identify the best magic moment in a fun segment called Witch Please. Now I'd like to greet my co-hosts. Hello, Joanne Palumbo. Hello, Christina LaRusso. Hi, Mark Snedeker. Long time no talk. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited we all found our way back to the microphones. I know. It was a nice break. It was a nice break. Hi, everyone. So... Let's get your hot take on the first episode of Mayfair Witches. Christina, what do you think? It's a massive book. So I knew that it was going to be tough for them to do what they're going to do here. I'm giving them some latitude. I think that the first episode was slow. On my second watch of it, I thought the pace was good. I thought it was it made sense. Once I had seen it the first time and I adjusted my expectations, and I thought even after the first watch, when I was initially sort of like, "Ooh, this is this is very different than I thought it was going to be. I was looking at Esta Spaulding's comments at the end and yes. I found her, those to be they inspired hope in me because ah. I think I think that she is passionate about the material. Right. And I also like the coming attractions. I think that it is going to pep up in future episodes I've, i'll tell you what if they paid me 1.8 million dollars i would be enthusiastic about any piece of shit i was dealing with so, <laughs> you, you gotta you gotta know which side your bread is butter yeah so i would say my take on it is neutral to positive and okay. i'm looking forward to the future episodes joanne so christina pretty much took the words right out of my mouth all right moving on no <laughs> i will say this i was severely disappointed in the lack of eye candy. Um, perhaps you're looking on the wrong side of the uh, biological well, tree Well, I was going there. to say, Alexandra uh, Daddario's eyes do captivate me. In all seriousness, though, I, I agree 100% with you, Christina. I found it to be extremely slow. I don't know if you guys remember, if our listeners remember, I wasn't exactly crazy about, you know, Lestat at the beginning of interview. Yeah, you're and a tough like critic on the, early, on the first episode. I am. At, at, at the, yeah, at the beginning, I, it takes me a bit to warm up. And I have a, a more positive view on this than, than I did maybe some of the stuff from interview that I didn't like right off the bat. The... Coming attractions, like you said, Christina do look pretty cool. I, I really wanted more witchy woo kind of stuff. And I think we're going to get that as the season progresses. You know, her bursting the dude's artery or whatever in his brain was pretty cool. But I want, I don't know, you think witches, you think some like witchcraft. I want to see some shit floating. I don't know if we're going to do a neutral to positive kind of thing. 
I'd say I'm neutral um, with with high hopes. How about you, Mark? First of all, I think it's important to just kind of absorb this idea that I'm going to give you right now. This is not interview. So you, you have to kind of deal with them. I think you have to compartmentalize a little bit and deal with this as a show in and of itself. This is going to be less epic, I think, than interview, probably less bloody. It's not going to be that, you know, really intense, you know, it's just not going to be that. Now they do have some powers, you know, of course, mind reading, and we'll, we'll talk about some of the other ones. Uh, mostly they have the power to bang. <laughs> <laughs> They're family members. They are, and yeah, and the closer they are related genetically, the better, apparently. <laughs> but here's what I thought. It's really almost useless to try to tie this to the book, episode by episode. First of all, I don't think AMC would be comfortable with that amount of incest, <laughs> right? There, and there's a lot in the book. In fact, it's almost, I would call it the incest diaries. <laughs> but it, let me get back to my hot take. It's a, It was a good opening effort. I'm going to give it a positive. Nah, I'm not going to rave, right? It's First of all, it's too early. They're just introducing characters and stuff. They did manage to, you know, rack up some body count. Mm -hmm. So that's not bad. Um, and they had, you know, one very sanitized sex scene for you there. Oh, two, excuse me, two sanitized sex scenes. But I think it's a good start. It has room to grow, which is which is actually almost a better position. You don't want to peak in your first episode. Well, right. And, and we were like, you know, that that was a little bit of my concern with interview because it, they came first out of the gate. was amazing. It was so strong. And they were able to sustain that. Not everyone can. So here there, it's sort of like, a, you know, like a B minus maybe. Yeah. And they've got uh, opportunity to improve. I don't think we're going to be stuck for things to discuss each week. Mm -hmm. I think there's going to be a lot to talk about. I have a question. Lay it on us. In the book, wasn't her name Rowan Mayfair? Yes. yes. And that's a big departure. I mean, and there's going to be a million of them, but that's a big departure because the rule was in the Mayfair family, first of all, all Mayfair women have to keep the name Mayfair if they want to be, if they want to be included in the, in the loot. All the designees, the people that inherit the Emerald are all Mayfair. doesn't matter if you get married, whatever. Mm -hmm. In the book, She's not unaware of the fact that she has this family in New Orleans. She simply told, you can't go back there. She knew who her mom was. She just knew she couldn't go back for some reason. This one, they, the story is she's whisked away, has a different last name. The distant cousin who took her away had to change her name and never mention the Mayfairs ever. Let's talk about more like what happens in the episode. Just give us a down. taste of what the episode right, is so like. So we meet Rowan, who is this surgeon, and she is realizing that she has some kinds of powers. She's able to, when she gets angry, she's able to kill people with her mind. Well, she knew she had, she was different because she talked about to her mom about the little girl in like second or third grade that ended up having a seizure. So she had, you know, some inkling as what was going on but i mean it happened when she was a kid and i think that, that gets kind of pushed that memory gets kind of pushed down right. but here she is as an adult and she's interacting with people and when they're making her angry and it happened with the doctor the head surgeon and then it happened with the guy from ravinia yeah. who 
Didn't wash his hands after he peed in front of her. Well, I was going to say, <laughs> not guy. washing the hands was not the, uh, you're bearing the lead there a little bit. <laughs> I don't he think He just so. decided to urinate right in front of her. <laughs> the door open. Well, it was a test, right? She's, her mother yeah. is sick with cancer yeah. and she wants to get her into a trial. A I want you to be trial. a killer, he said, ironically. Mm-hmm. And then he says, okay, I'll take you on as a, as a research fellow, but I want You've got to choose the name of the person who comes off the right. list. That was awful. In the place yeah. of your mother. You know, this is sort of a moment a moment for her character that shows us who she really is. Like, she's not going to be able to do that. Even though it's her mother, she can't, in good conscience, take a name off that list. Right. Because I think that, you know, in her ethical system, murdering is okay. <laughs> it's just, you know, she doesn't want to take people off a list. She's not okay with it though. <laughs> uh, she's not okay with the, that she can do it she yeah. she's scared about it well, and she that should she go- be and she goes to she ellie really control it yeah and she goes to ellie and she says you know mom and ellie's at, and and here's what i don't understand is how long was all that going on what from when we meet rowan to when we find out that she's got the mother's cancer has come back to when the surgeries are happening to when that all seemed like it was very it was compressed about a amount day and of time. A half. Yeah, it seemed like a really <laughs> short amount of time. And so Well, they're trying to get some info out to you. They are. There was a lot of, you know, they're trying to really get I I really think that episode 2 is going to be the bigger episode. Yeah. But they're yeah, doing a lot sure. of exposition here. And so you get, you know, the story of introducing Rowan and her mother's dying and then we find out that her mother contacts this organization called the Talamasca. Correct. Now, the Talamasca has some crossover into the interview with the Vampire series. The Talamasca is a secret society that observes the, the supernatural. And really, all they're meant to do is watch and observe and make notes on it and sort of that's their the extent of it. But then as time goes on, one or two of them start to interact more with the supernatural creatures, the vampires and the and the witches. Well, right. <laughs> In this case, now the the Talamasca is there to protect Rowan. And that's when we meet Cyprian Grieve. Correct. He is also going now, to be do you know, Sip. Do you know the Talamasca motto? We, we watch and we are always here. Do you think there's any chance that at Talamasca get-togethers, they don't play the police song? <laughs> do you think there's any chance? And when that came out, I guarantee they're like, oh, my God, did you just? Yes, I heard it, too. That's amazing. I love this song. You know, you know, the Mayfair witches, the, the Mayfair family, they have a motto, too. You know what that is? No, what is it? Incest is best. Put your cousin to the test. That's, right. That's exactly right. Oh, God. All right. So Cyprian is played by Tangai Teresa, and he's a, he's a good looking guy. He is good looking, yes. Yes, yes. Between him and Harry Hamlin, there's something there, but pretty much it. You're just spoiled. You're spoiled. I know. I needed another Sam Reed or Jacob Anderson and just didn't get it. So I think it's important at this point, we're not really talking about the books that much, but just to point out that he's really, his function, he's going to be basically two characters from the book uh, smooshed together, right? He's going to be Michael Curry who was the love interest of Rowan in the in the book. Mm-hmm. And also, I always forget this guy's name. Aaron Leitner. Aaron, what is it? Leitner. Leitner, that's right, who was an older Talamasca agent who, you know, takes an interest in the Mayfair family and tries to help 
growing out and ends up being, you know, kind of on her side. So he, he's really both of those characters. Mm -hmm. Yep. Uh, Ellie gets in contact with him and says, I'm, you know, essentially I'm dying. Who's going to be here to look after my daughter. And he says, I will look after her. Mm -hmm. He's not met her. He doesn't know her, but he goes to the house uh, in new Orleans in the garden district and touches the gate because he's got the power to touch things. And then he sees kind of psychic psychic vibrations or something. And he says, I am here and Lasher is here. He's not there. I can, feel I can feel him. I can't see him, but I know he's here. So she's okay. Ro- yeah. Rowan is okay. Meanwhile, Joanne's favorite character, Dr. Lamb, is deciding <laughs> he's going to stop medicating. He's gone rogue. He's, yeah. he's like, I'm gonna I'm not gonna medicate you because I want to find out who you are without the drugs. So yeah, I like the rebels, you know. And what he does is he takes off the the emerald necklace and the the Mayfair emerald is the thing that binds the designee witch to Lasher. The doctor takes the necklace off of Deirdre and puts it into her pocket. And then as soon as that happens, we get a phone call to Cyprian from the blind woman who is the, I don't know, secretary Receptionist. of Receptionist. <laughs> and she says, Kalamaska, can you hold please? <laughs> I've got Lasher on line one for Rowan Mayfair. Lasher line one for Rowan Mayfair. <laughs> So, so, so then Lasher is, is loose. He's now, he's going to go off and he's, he finds Rowan. And then we, that's the last scene that we see on the book in the, in between there, Rowan has killed a couple of people. And uh, we learn that Rowan has commitment issues. She likes to fucking promiscuous. Yeah. She isn't good. Good Good. for her. Good for her. With those eyes, she could be banging every night, like just looking at guys and then be like, all right, like I would do her and I don't like girls. Well, see, but she's got those eyes. So. She, see, her eyes are really striking. Basically, that's the story. It's really just foundational. We yeah. we in the flashback, we learn that that Deirdre with the, she really likes Lasher. She loves Lasher. Actually, oh, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, Lasher says you're too young, which is not what I don't Lasher, believe Lasher ever gives said. A fuck about that. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> you're not and my cousin, so I'm not really attracted to you. <laughs> and Deirdre, Lasher likes. Are you over seven? Yeah. <laughs> He's gross. Oh, Deirdre it wants it from Lasher, and he says no. Well, we know where Rowan gets it from, then. Yeah, she sneaks out. Uh, Deirdre does and goes to Uncle Cortland's party, where we get the fine campy performance by Harry Hamlin. Right. With the snake. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I thought he was getting a blowjob at that first scene where he's like, you just see his face and he's kind of leaned back. You know what? You know what I was getting from that? I was getting like dynasty vibes, mm-hmm. right? What? Like who? Like, like just Blake Carrington? Yeah, like just like Harry Hamlin? Yeah, yeah, exactly. First of all, he's from that same era, right, of television. Yeah, he's old. And he's just like, you know, decadent and doesn't give a fuck. He's rich. Yeah. You know, and he's manipulating people and he's banging his knees and whatever else is going right. on. Right, so he sets things up so that this young man, Patrick, uh, hooks up with Deirdre. But he pulls a switcheroo. But I think he does pull a switcheroo, and that's, I mean, we know he does. because well, she's drunk, right? So yeah. he, he pulls a switcheroo, and uh, apparently poor Patrick ends up super dead. Dead, and she thinks Carlotta has killed Patrick. Right. Maybe she has. Right. Probably more Definitely likely that Courtland. Courtland did. Courtland, I think Courtland did it. 100%. And so then Deirdre falls pregnant. Yeah. 
and that's Rowan. And Rowan is taken away. We see this in flashback. Rowan is taken away and given to Ellie. So really, that's it's all foundation building for, sure. for this. So I, I don't think that we can be too mad at this. The more that even we're yeah, mad, the more that we're. Well, I kind of was on my well, first watch, but the for the more that, you guys don't watch shows the right way. Oh God, the more that we're talking Shut about up, it, yeah, right? <laughs> the more that we're talking about it, the happier I am with it. Honestly, but when I when I rewatched it, I I was like, calm down, you know, like what are you expecting? Not everything is going to be to the level of wow that we got with Interview with the Vampire, and, and I think I I went into it expecting, yeah, that. and we didn't get that, not even close. But it was take that out of the equation. It was a decent first episode of a show. Mm-hmm. Um, I think because I have such a love hate relationship with the book, mostly hate. Mostly hate. Yeah, I loved that I finished it. Um, that was where the love I think went. we can all agree that Anne Rice's decision to go without an editor maybe wasn't the best choice. And I'll, I'll tell you what I liked better about the show than the book was that there weren't 500 different descriptions of Deirdre being on the porch in her, her arms all With her arms up. clutched up, right. It, this is... It's, it, the visual medium helps cut through some of the, of the, yeah. the, the description. Yeah. An editor could have helped cut through that with Anne Rice. About three, 400 pages. <laughs> Anne's like, whatever, I'm famous, bitch. You know, I'll write what I write. Yeah, right. It was a tough read, but, you know, I'm glad that, that we did it. Well, I, didn't even, I didn't even read it. I listened to the audiobook, which I've never done before. So that's really the story. And I think that we're going to see, you know, much more come. Obviously, we're going to see much more come from this. I know that we're going to get flashbacks to deep history where we're right. going to meet Suzanne Mayfair and Deborah probably, and hopefully Peter Van Abel, and we'll s- learn the... Peter. Yeah, I learned the uh learned the, the genesis of the Mayfair family. So I, I'm excited for that to happen. So just like we did with Interview with the Vampire, we're gonna try to do an Easter egg of the week for each episode. And uh, little birdie told me, Mark, that you have an Easter egg for us. The, the Easter egg for this week is a a sly reference to the uh, Dune series by uh, uh, Frank Herbert, where uh, Rowan says to whoever that bartender was it to the bartender or was it to her mother? I forget. To these her sur- her surgical uh, right. colleague. Yeah. So she says the slow blade penetrates the shield, and that is a reference to. Uh, advice in Dune given by Gurney Halleck to Paul Atreides. There's a particular way that the shields work in Dune where a fast blade is stopped by it, but a slow blade gets through. So we'll see if that uh, bears any fruit as we move forward, if maybe there's some slow blades at work here. I feel like uh, Mayfair is kind of like a faster blade, you know what I'm saying? (laughs) But we shall see. Joanne, this was nerd talk. Yeah, Mark was, with, yeah. Talk with Mark <laughs> Thank you for coming to my sideshow. <laughs> the other one, even though it's not really an Easter egg yet, but I think we'll watch this uh, for the future is uh, in the opening credits, they kind of flash on the Mayfair family tree and you see some of the names of some of the other witches. So you may be getting some, you know, some uh, flashback episodes featuring Charlotte or Jean Marie or who the hell else, you know, who knows? Um, Certainly Suzanne, I would think. You would think so. Is now a good time to maybe just, maybe we should talk a little bit about the the Mayfair witch family tree and 
when the series is over and we actually sit down and do yeah. a discussion, the three of us about the book, the witching hour, mm -hmm. we'll get more into what goes on right. in the book, but let's talk about the family tree, which is really more of a family. I was going to say branch. If, if you, um, if you imagine, <laughs> if you imagine a majestic sprawling Oak with a thick trunk leading out to many, 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 many leaves, this ain't that. <laughs> this is straight up and down with like two or three branches and they keep looping back into the main trunk here. <laughs> uh, by the way, see uh, Uncle Julien and, and Cortland. Mm -hmm. Those are the guys mainly responsible for that shit. Yeah, well, and Peter Van Abel, yeah, who's, Peter, yeah, who starts he, it out with, with, with uh, Deborah. Yeah, and... Uh, what was his? Charlotte. Charlotte. Or, well, yeah. his daughter, Charlotte. Yeah. yeah. And then Jean-Louis. Do we mention there's a lot of incest? Yeah, it's it's <laughs> it's a lot. And Cortland, we get to see in this. We, we are introduced to Cortland in this episode. Uncle Cortland. Mr. Harry Hamlin. Mr. Har Harry yeah. Hamlin. <laughs> Did the L.A. Law theme song start playing for you guys, too? I don't know. Um, but. Yeah, like you said, the men in the family are the studs of the family and they have sex with their sisters and their nieces and, the, the, you know, their granddaughters and actual daughters. daughters and <laughs> Joanne, are you comfortable with that level of incest? No, I'm not comfortable <laughs> with any level of incest. <laughs> like, like, well, how far away until you're uncomfortable? I mean, first cousins, Joanne, does that bother you still? <laughs> I happen to know it does. <laughs> yeah. If you can trace it back, like without having to, you know, really dig deep, then yeah, that's gross. Right. Now, to be clear about how this works in this lore, in this universe, the incest serves the purpose of strengthening the blood, the witch bloodline. So yeah. the witches are it's like the royal family. <laughs> well, well, you know, in reality, it doesn't right. In in reality, it causes problems for people. And it, honestly, in the story, you know, just from the books, it definitely causes problems. Like, there's a lot of crazy. Well, it's mental. There's yeah. they've got mental health issues yeah. that kind of come from this rather yeah. than physical deformities and things like right. that. I don't even know how to. It, be prepared, everyone, because if this oh, yeah. is if they're going to do this like anywhere close to the book, I don't think they're going to ignore it because it's going to be in there. But I don't know if they're going to show it to the extent that it really was. I mean, it's a lot. I don't think they're going to because I think it would just turn a lot of people off yeah. from it. I mean, they're not even doing boobs, so I can't imagine incest is. Yeah, well, we're not getting titties. I don't want a good point, Joanne. <laughs> I, but if they show some boob, then a little incest is OK. Yeah, I think so. I look. Yeah, I mean, look, if you give me a titty, then yeah, you can bang your cousin. That's fine. fine. Game of Thrones really kind of tore the Band-Aid off of this. That's true. Of the what? Of the incest thing? Of the incest sure. thing. Yeah, the brother-sister. Yeah. Uh -huh. But they had like one case of it. And historically, there is historical evidence for, for this too. Wait, Wait, there was more too. Jon Snow and, and the, the ants. Daenerys. Oh, Daenerys, yeah. Daenerys, yeah. So there, there was a, a bit of a bit uh -huh. of that. Uh -huh. I mean, a little bit of incest. A little bit. I want to know what you guys think about the timeline being moved up in this one because this happens. Obviously, yeah. Well, obviously, it happens in modern day. You think they did that just to forward the story and yeah, and to be able to have cell phones? Maybe I don't know. Um, but it, it's it's a lot easier to shoot it if it's happening in the 2020s rather than try to go back and shoot it in the 70s and 80s. Yeah, I, I don't think that makes. I mean, it's 
I don't think it's going to make any difference at all in the story. They're, and by the way, they're not going to be clinging to the story very closely anyway. I don't no, think. I don't think so. I think that there's going to be, I mean, already there are departures and I think there's well, going to be a characters are disappearing and, and yeah. you know, yeah, there are characters who don't exist and things that happen differently than they did. It's it, it, that's why we're choosing not to talk about differences yeah, just, between, because we just it would be all take the whole show. The yeah. differences. Joanne, you mentioned Harry Hamlin, so let's talk a little bit about our standout characters. Um, Mark, I'm going to start with you. I think, I mean, I think Rowan is the stand. I mean, obviously that's a little bit on the nose, right? But I still think, I mean, we spent a lot of time with her, whereas I expected maybe that they would ease her into this story a little more slowly. But she's the standout character so far. I mean, every single, almost every single thing happened was centered around her or her mom. I don't think I feel like they could have given her more time as a surgeon to really establish that because that's really core to her character is that she's this incredibly gifted surgeon. It was, she was a neurosurgeon uh-huh. in in the in the books, and you know the way she kind of really more subconsciously used her uh, witchy perceptions to guide her surgical knowledge. Um, she's a little bit more obvious about it here. I would have liked to have seen a little bit more time in the operating room to really establish that for her. But maybe we get that in flashbacks going forward, too. So we shall see. And, you know, they can't can't show everything. So I but Rowan, I think for me, is is standout. Okay, and I want to point out the character, the actor's names, because this is is new. So Alexandra Alexandra Daddario, she actually is an actress who recently won an Emmy for her role in the first season of White Lotus. Yeah. She's a great actress. Yeah. And I found in the second watch, I was watching her work yeah. more than I was anticipating what I thought she should be doing. Right. And I like, I thought she did a great job. Yeah. I, I think that she's going to bring a lot to this character. They have written this character differently than I pictured it in the book. Yeah. So I'm with you on that. Well, because she has short blonde hair. Well, no, because it's very well established that she's this very confident, excellent surgeon and she's very well respected. And that that tension between her and the other the chief surgeon chief surgeon didn't exist in the book. I know why they did that, but I also it kind of takes away because she's she is well established as an excellent surgeon so i wish she had been more like that so i'm with you on that i I thought i thought she did great i like her as an actress i I think she's really good i have a little bit of a hard time buying that she's a neurosurgeon because she just looks incredibly young to me she is very young for her position because she's you know super brilliant savant yeah Yeah, she's she's extraordinarily brilliant and she has and she can cheat by using her witchy her witchy powers powers because she can she can see things we learn in that so we'll talk about whatever yeah yeah, we'll talk a little bit more and by the way if, if you like her that's great just be prepared for many 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 close ups of her eyes well, she's got incredible eyes. I wouldn't, I'm not going to argue with that. Yeah, you're going to see those eyes in every scene from here on forward. Agreed. Okay, Joe, who's your, who was your standout character? Dr. Lamb, and here's why. He's the doctor that is treating Deirdre and, you know, is, is very suspect of her whole situation. And I think that him beginning to withhold her Thorazine is, as we know, going to cause some issues coming up. And I think for me, because I didn't want to pick Rowan like everybody else is going to, 
he's my standout character in this week's episode because I think he's going to bring something kind of cool to the show. All right. So for me, there are I had two and it's tough for me to choose which one to pick. I'm afraid I must insist. So I think that I'm going to go with Beth Grant as Carlotta. Yeah. The aunt, Deirdre's aunt. She is a fantastic character actress. She's been in a ton, a ton of things. Most notably for me, Donnie Darko. She's in that. But I found her to just tear it up. She was so good. She brought a little bit. And both the two characters that I like, the other one was Harry Hamlin as as Cortland. Both of those characters, were they brought a little more of that camp, for for which I think is needed. This series takes itself very very seriously yeah and and i and i think that there it needed that little bit of camp and we got it from beth grant as carlotta and we got it from harry hamlin as uncle Cortland. so i uh, that's who i'm gonna go with i think i think both of them were were great but i'll i'll say that carlotta edges edges it out she she's a bad is, guy she is 100 percent Demanding to see the manager. Karen, is that what you're saying? She is not going to wait at all. She's no. like, in fact, as soon as she walks into the store, before she's like, you know what? You might as well just give me the manager because I'm definitely going to have some shit yeah. to say. Yeah. <laughs> and she's also the one who will get you and your little dog too. Yeah. She is. She 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 does give off very wicked witch vibes. Yeah. Now here's the interesting thing about her though. It, what she's doing is being perceived as, you know, terrible. She takes Rowan away from Deirdre when Deirdre is, yeah. uh, gives birth. She tries to keep Deirdre from interacting with Lasher. She's, right. you know, she's she's the one that's kind of ho- keep she's getting her hopped up on, on the Thorazine. She's extremely religious, but she's also recognized. She also recognizes that Lasher's not a good dude. Oh, you mean Gene? Do you mean Gene Simmons? <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah so she recognizes that this is not a great thing to to be right like this is not Well, she recognizes that the presence of lasher is while it's made them all fabulously wealthy has also caused the death and madness of many of the family right right and also is likely some kind of demon right or devil right idea great execution the execution is poor but she's so she's painted as this bad scary kind of character and all you you hear in the book is how kind deirdre is and she's just and a lot of the witches carlotta right and a lot of the witches are described as very kind and very sweet and you know yet they've got this evil force of lasher that's that's working with them and carlotta is you know she's like a bitch on wheels she's trying to do the right thing and she's doing it badly but it's an interesting character because she's she's unlikable let's talk a little bit about lasher um how he fits into things here he's creepy af yeah well and he should be creepy yeah they, they nailed it like when she's on the boat when rowan's on the boat and um there's this storm or whatever and she looks outside and like sees the flash of him, I would have shit myself. Yeah. <laughs> Cause she's in the middle of the ocean. Right. Yeah, exactly. So it, it was just, he gives me the heebie jeebies. I don't know. So they did a great job casting because I, the actor kind of freaks me out a little bit. The actor is Jack Houston. Yeah. Yes. Who doesn't look as terrible non-lasher. Yeah. I think he really honestly peaked uh, in Detroit Rock City. What? 
Oh, I didn't know he was in that. <laughs> no, he's talking about Gene Simmons. Oh, Gene Simmons. Oh, you're an ass man. I am. He appeared as Richard Harrow on um, Boardwalk Empire. Did any of you guys watch that? Watch I heard it. Oh, I did watch that. And then he also was Ben Hur in the 2016 oh. film. Okay, so I am not here for the hairstyle. I, the styling of Lasher in this. <laughs> I think is not great. And here's why. Because Lasher is supposed to be very sexy. They should, yeah, they should have made him like creepy sexy. Creepy sexy. That hair is a, isn't like, it's not, I'm not here for that hair. That's it. And the side, like the outfit, his attitude is good. And I'm afraid that this is it. This is the outfit that we're going to see him in. I think so. (laughs) (laughs) He doesn't get a wardrobe change. I don't know. I don't think through the year he's going to, through the years he's going to cut his hair or something. Obviously, they didn't blow their, costume budget for fancy clothes with like the walking dead or anything yeah so you know spend it on these people let's go if i were to have any criticism of the first episode because i'm generally a bit more positive than you guys but i would have probably treated lasher a little bit differently and not just his bad hairstyle would you have made him sexier so we had some eye candy yes that's exactly what i would have done he's a good looking man put some tight pants on him you know for Oh, I do think he's a good-looking man, yeah. The, the actor or, or, or laughter? Not in this outfit. As a person, as a man in, in real life, like as an actor, he is a, he's good a good-looking man. I would have had him be a little more kind of winked in and out of the scene more. In the book, people like see him kind of out of the corner of their eye and look over there and then he's gone. Kind of like how she did on the boat. Right, it, and it also kind of happened with the doctor, but... People didn't get that close of a look at him, and he didn't have big, long, extended conversations in human form, except when he did, right? So I would have just limited our exposure to Lasher a little bit, because in the same way that you don't want to show the shark in Jaws in the first scene, or the monster in Cloverfield, or in Predator, or any of those things, I would have liked to have seen them reduce the dosage of Lasher that we got in the first episode, but I'm okay with it, you know, rock on. Love gun, you know, good stuff. Well, we as an audience knew much more about what was going on than Rowan did. And I wish that they had kind of kept us seated with Rowan and And saw things through her eyes. Had a little bit more mysterious. That our, yes, that our experience was Rowan's experience. And that's how I wish that they had decided to do this instead of really following what the book did, which is flip around between different points of view and different characters. I'm fine with that. Like I said, I would have just kind of microdosed us with Lasher Mm -hmm. rather than give him a full-on thing there. Here's my thing. I thought that had I have not read the book and known that they were flashing back to Deirdre, because I know Deirdre is Rowan's mom, I would have been, I would have not realized it. It would have taken me a minute. And I, I thought they did kind of a poor job with that. Like they could have at least put like 25 years ago, 30, like whatever, like a little blur at the bottom, like so that the casual viewer would have understood what it was. I will give AMC this on like um, episode five or six or seven, whatever episode it was in interview, they did put their warning out, which was great. Yeah, they did learn that lesson. Look, this wasn't done clearly with the timeline. And and I know that there were some people who were even confused about like who was the young woman in the confessional until it became evident that they were the same two people. But so if you haven't read this book, you you wouldn't know that. And it would be confusing. I think I think it definitely would be confusing. That's and that's why I wish that we were seeing this all through Rowan's eyes and we were following her arc instead of knowing the lay of the land the way that we do. Right. But 
here we are. So we, we deal with what we have. In this segment of Witch Please, we're going to talk about some of the manifestations of witchy power that we especially liked in the episode. Mm-hmm. Joanne, tell me your favorite display of witchy power. Well, there really wasn't much witchy woo, as I like to call it. I would like to stop that if there's any. The where I'm from, we call it witchy woo, and you're going to respect that. Well, I don't think they do. I used to be from where you're from, and there's no witchy woo. You're not from New Jersey. I'm from New Jersey. And in Jersey, it's witchy woo. Uh, I lived in Jersey. Oh, I lived in Jersey. Bedminster. That doesn't count. Anywho, the witchy woo. There really wasn't much of it, with the exception of her bursting their brains using her mind. You're like, there's not really much witch power except two brains exploded. You know, <laughs> one, one heart exploded in one brain. Oh, that's brain. true. Yeah, I still really thought that the first guy didn't die, but I'm maybe I'm wrong. I thought she said he was in the hospital, but well, let's just say you shouldn't look for him in future episodes. How's that? Yes, that's true. Uh, yeah, I, I would guess the the first time with the um, with the doctor from Ravinia, mm-hmm. that was my favorite one because he was a real douche. Yeah, because he was such a dick. Well, he he really deserved dick. it. That was the second one, actually. But yeah, he was a real douche. And he deserved it. He chose to dabble in fuckery and he <laughs> found that. Right. Mm-hmm. Too bad for him. Too bad for him. Okay, so my turn? Yeah, do yours. All right, so I liked when Lasher changed faces. Oh, <laughs> you like the full Oh, yeah, that was something. Mutating faces. Yeah, I liked when Lasher. Now, he's 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 a demon, and we'll learn more. Well, well, he's a demon-ish. He's demon-ish. He's well, some kind of, a, well, no, he's a Taltos. He is a right. he's, So there's some kind of supernatural creature, they but, are. but, but he's demonic, right? He's not a good guy. Right. And, um, he was able to kind of change all of his faces and he said, you know, I'm, I'm everyone and I'm no one. And that right. was a really cool scene where yeah. they did that face shifting well, thing. Yeah. And I think that's an interesting introduction to Lasher because really Lasher only exists because of the Mayfair witches right. and and vice versa, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, he really created helped create their dynasty by making them rich, but he didn't. Re- he was really kind of coalesced into existence by Suzanne. Uh, by Suzanne when she was being burned alive. There's a point I want to follow up on with that, but, do. but no, go you do yours first. Um, mine is where she's starting to talk about her abilities, but how it in how it informs her her job right where she has this sense of what is wrong with the body right because that's really the central power that rowan has is this you know ability to sense and influence what's going on in the body make cellular changes etc so she's like um i have an intuition that you're going to be just fine and my intuition is very good or something right, like right. that right so uh yeah so i like that it's a little more subtle than the whole blowing someone's heart up but uh which i knew joanne would like but <laughs> like give me the blood i want all the blood give me the gore so. i yeah i like that i thought it was very sweet and it also at that point when you're meeting rowan in that situation that is true to the character the character that i expected correct because she was confident she was secure then when she was with these others she kind of was play acting like def- she's, she's deferential. deferential and that's just not the vibe that you you get 
right. from the character in the book, right? right. But I, we've got to let the book go. I've got to let the book go. You got to because oh, let it go. Let it go. All right. So come on, come down over there, Elsa. <laughs> the thing that I want to follow up on with the um, Lasher's face changing is when he at one point he has three faces in one mm-hmm. and there is he jesus it, i know some people have got a lot of faces like that yeah <laughs> i think that there are well there definitely are there's a lot of themes around christianity in this yeah. and i think that's something to keep an eye on as we continue to watch this series you saw multiple encounters with priests in this and ineffectual mm-hmm. generally right the, the priests were do, you, do the priests fare as well as they did in interview in the <laughs> show? I th- so yeah so you could you could look at that as a little bit of a you know trinity type of illusion there yeah the whole father son and holy ghost being one ties in nicely with the Mayfair family where father, son, and holy shit, that's your cousin. Uh, <laughs> it's pretty common. So, Blasphemy here. So Blasphemy. There definitely was a lot of religious imagery uh, in all mm-hmm. of Anne Rice's books, really. Well, but right. Especially Which this one, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, they're very, they're a very Catholic family there for, you know, centuries. The Mayfairs, the Mayfairs are, and uh, and same. Well, Anne Rice was right, yeah. and she had that all famously a struggle with it, right. fell away from it, came back to it, then rejected it again. And um, in fact, the Protestant Reformation is really what chased them from uh, Scotland. Oh, that you're not wrong, right? Yeah, I know, well, of course not. Yeah, you're not wrong. Also, and the other thing. Well, now you brought up something about history that I want to. I also want to say that that I'm going to watch because. Of course, you know, I like the watch. I like to watch the history. I think that it's interesting that Rice took part of the mythology with around witchcraft, which is these women are making a pact in a, like, yeah. a, a compact with the devil. Yeah, the cunning women. That, right. So, which is that was what they were believed to be. They were mm-hmm. in league with Lucifer. Yeah. And and that's where their powers came from. And here they have this this familiar lasher who is is serving as this kind of devil symbol. Devil symbol. And uh, so it's it, it, I I like it. I like that. And I want to see how they how that you know how that develops throughout the the series. Spoiler: You'll you can take this out, but Lasher is actually originally a saint. So Lucifer was originally an angel. That's right. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right, guys, uh, looks like we are getting to the end of this episode. But before we wrap up, let's get everyone's final thoughts on episode one of the Mayfair Witches. We'll start with Mr. Snedeker. So I'm obviously I'm really hopeful that the show really just takes this fairly expository starting point and uh, really goes some interesting places with it. I I mean, I just my goal really for this show is to have a lot to talk about each week. When do you not have a lot to talk about? Sometimes more than others. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I I just really want as long as there are fruitful conversations for us to have, I think that it will entertain me and hopefully our listeners as well. Absolutely. Christina, I felt a lot better having watched it a second time. I feel 10 times better having had this conversation with you two. You're welcome. It's been good to bounce 
these thoughts off of you. And uh, in the in the conversation, I'm coming to realize where there are really strong points. And I think one of the things that we didn't talk about, we should next week, is the art direction because I think it's beautifully done. I think that the film, the cinematography is beautifully done in this. I I don't think that they that it's a, looks different than Trueview. Sure, but I think that they're dedicating a lot of resources and they're working with fine people on it because it's it's beautiful in that sort of Southern Gothic, you know, musty, moldy, Spanish mossy type spooky. Yeah, I, I they they've nailed that and I I'm I really am enjoying it. You can smell the mildew. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I think it's good. No, I, I think it's good, and and it's it's meth, it's menacing. It's now, meth. did it did it's it bring meth, everyone? It's, it's, wow, <laughs> wow. Okay, so now it's Breaking Bad all of a sudden. Oh, geez. No, it's, it's menacing. It's claustrophobic. I have mm. that claustrophobic feeling, you know. And they, you know, she's on the boat a lot, and she's, you know, there's this, there's just a, a claustrophobia about it, and that's good that's good story how, how excited would you be if in the next episode rowan says i am the one who knocks <laughs> <laughs> no i love that line <laughs> yes, <you do. laughs> what's uh what's your uh what are your final thoughts jeff so i'm hopeful based on the previews of the rest of the season and what's coming up it looks like it's going to get a little more exciting um i think like you said We've all said this was kind of to lay the foundation of the show. They did it a, a good job of that. Yeah, I'm just looking forward to seeing what they have in store for us. Well, I'm excited. And I'm glad that we have new stuff to talk about. That's Thank fun. God. Yeah. 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 <clears throat> All right, Joe, you want to take us out? All right, guys. Thank you for taking a listen to us. And if you enjoyed us, please make sure you share us with a friend. You can also follow us on social media. On Twitter, you can find us at vampire underscore insider. Um, we also have a Instagram page, and that's vampire underscore insider underscore podcast. And we are on Reddit at Vampire Insider and also Facebook. So we hope you guys enjoyed our very first episode of the Mayfair Witches as much as we enjoyed talking about it. And with that, we're out. Good night, guys. Good night, Mark. Good night, Christina. Cub Scout, please. <laughs> Bye. I'm the bad boy of podcasting. Oh, my God. All right. So I, <laughs> You're a loser. Oh, whatever. You Same thing. <laughs> the bad boy of podcasting. <laughs> You're not the bad boy of anything. You're like a I'm a shock, I'm a shock podcaster. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I got to say to that? Bitch, please. <laughs> Bitch, please. Uh, Girl, bye. Girl, bye. <laughs>